From the Colorado Business Roundtable studios in Denver, you're listening to the voice of the Colorado Business Roundtable, focusing on issues around business, policy, and education with leaders across local, national, and international communities, making a difference and driving business success. This is Connect and Collaborate on KDMT, Denver's Money Talk, 1690 AM. And welcome to Connect and Collaborate. I am Alex Hopkins, your on-air producer, and I am super stoked for today's show. So here's what we normally do on Connect and Collaborate is we talk business and we talk public policy. But one of the things that we're trying to do is talk about creative outlets. Um, I recently had Sydney Kerstead join me from Smart Game Piano, uh, which was a really cool concept. But I have Dustin Mattingly and Mike White joining me uh, via Skype. These guys have been uh, doing music since I have known them, which was uh, several years ago, uh, more than several. Uh, from the age of like 12, I've known these guys. That being said, um, I am talking to them about the business of what goes into a live show and how this creative outlet has really um, impacted their lives and where they are now from doing music for uh, almost two decades. So. Uh, without further ado, Mike White, Dustin Mattingly, how are you? Fantastic. Hi. Thank you for so having good. us. Oh, yes. We so really glad good. you're joining us. Um, so, guys, what I do with everyone on my show is I have them give a little bit of background about themselves um, as far as, like, uh, career paths, schooling, anything that you want to talk about personally, um, please, by all means, jump in, and Mike will start with you. Okay. All right. I thought we were going to start with you, so I was going to like okay. riff off of you, oh, but that's oh, fine. I can riff. I can riff. Okay. My name is Michael Lawrence White. I was born in Chicago, Illinois, on November thirteenth, nineteen eighty six. No, keep going. No, that's okay. Uh, no, so uh, my name is Mike. Uh, I have known Dustin for something like twenty years. We both went to high school together. Uh, we went to junior high together, as did we with Alex, your host, uh, and. In high school, uh, I started a band called No Fit, uh, and I asked my friend Dustin to join the band. We changed to Thank You, Jade, and we actually played together for 10 years. That's that's why we're here to talk about uh, uh, the, the music side. So we were in Thank You, Jade for 10 years. We kind of had uh, a lot of different kinds of success uh, and a lot of ups and downs. Uh, and in high school, I wanted nothing more than to tour with my band, not go to school and do any of that. Uh, and so instead, I went to college and became an English teacher. Uh, and then, so I, I, yeah, that's right. So I live in Evansville, uh, with my wife, Amanda, and I have two sons, Oscar and Howie. Which are amazing names, by the way. I've never told you that, but every time I see you post about it, I'm like, oh, Oscar and Howie, what great names. Oh, thanks. I have to ask you guys, because you, you said No Fit was your first band name, but I clearly recall the first band name being Segment 55. I'm, I'm impressed. I am impressed. That people knew that, that you were only off by ten numbers. <laughs> um, yeah, it is segment sixty-five. <laughs> oh dang it! I was so close. N- nonetheless, still, though, that is pretty impressed. good. It's kind of like a nugget, a trivia nugget to know no fit, but yeah. to know that, segment sixty-five yeah. is also that's pretty a, impressive. That's what they call a deep. Cut. Um, and that was Dustin's band. I yeah. was only in that band for a, a minute, a day. and they and it, you could only and then he quit it was on me. Really, a facsimile of a band, anyway. Yeah, um, I mean. You got to start somewhere. Right? He, <laughs> I don't know how inside you want to get, but he, so 
he and uh, our our other friend. Actually, I started uh, Thank You Jade with our friend Dave, um, and he and Dustin were in like a bunch of bands together yeah. that kind of never played, and they started Segment Sixty Five. Yeah. Um, and then for for Dustin's birthday, oh. between eighth grade and freshman year. His birthday present was that I joined the band. Yeah, and then a week later he quit. And then I quit a week Worst later. Worst birthday present ever. Yes. Well, Dustin... And I know. I know. I know. I know. He's lucky I'm still his friend. Well, <laughs> we just like... We never practiced. We never did anything. Uh, and then so Dave, the other guy, uh, we said... We were like, for real. We're like, we're tired of not playing. Let's start a real, real, real band. You play bass. I'll play guitar. So I was the bass player. And then we're like, but we got to kick Dustin out. Or we got to quit segment 65 because yeah. Dustin doesn't know what he's doing. Basically was our. <laughs> now, in my defense, they lived across the street from each other. We did, yeah. So they could practice, play whenever they wanted to. Yeah. And I lived like a whole town over with no way to get to them during the summertime. Yeah. So, By the way, if I could if I could break the fourth wall uh, to give you listeners a little bit of, of uh, really golden content here. Uh, so Alex, your host, like she said, we've known her for 20 years, uh, since we were 12. My first, uh, the first time I ever heard of you was through Dave. Okay. So Dave was the, uh, started the band NoFit with me. Uh, also a friend. He was one of my first friends when we moved to Indiana. Uh, and you two were dating in seventh grade. Okay. Do you remember that at all? Yeah. You guys dated. <laughs> I definitely remember that. <laughs> And you know, as so, much as seventh graders date. Yeah, right. You know, we you held, held hands. hands. Probably yeah. went to the movies Did together. Did you kiss? We didn't actually. I never kissed Dave. You well, were here first. Folks. He tells a different story. Oh, <laughs> yeah. that dog. Well, it's anyway, to tell. <laughs> he no, I don't know about that. But what I do know is he named his cat after you. Like he found a cat, and he's like, "I'm naming this. I'm naming this cat Alex." Oh my god! And I was like. That's a cute name for a cat. Why? Yeah. He's like, well, my girlfriend. I'm like, oh. Oh, okay. Who? He's like, yeah, you know Alex Hopkins from school? I'm like, yeah, I know her. Uh, so I thought that that was, that was a cute thing. So that is my earliest memory of you. Like, I want to say October would have been like 2000. October 1999, actually. Oh, wow. Gosh, you are pulling out dates. I couldn't even tell you what year we graduated. Um, <laughs> I mean, I do know. Oh, five. But... <laughs> I'm so flattered. <laughs> I have an animal somewhere named. I'm. Hopefully, the animal's in my head. It's still alive. That cat is. It's alive. still somewhere. Yeah, no. yeah, yeah. Yeah, oh. obviously. Uh, There's a little, uh, little kitty headstone in the pet cemetery behind Dave's house. It says Alex Hopkins. <laughs> Alex Hopkins, the cat. <laughs> oh my God! It's I. Oh. That is amazing. I'm so. I'm gonna have to call Dave and thank him for that. I don't think yeah. I ever knew that. That's yeah. hilarious. So that's how you heard about me. Awesome. Well, what was your first impression when you finally met me? You were like, she's not worthy of being of a cat being named after her. Listen, you were great, and I love you so much, but that cat was freaking cute. <laughs> <laughs> you just, you can't compete with the cat. No, I think honestly, the my surely... Like my prevailing emotion throughout junior high was just jealousy of any guy who had a girlfriend. So it was just, I probably adored you and was super jealous of Dave. Was just emotion number one, right? Yeah, yeah sure. Yeah. 
Ah. Well, uh, to break a little bit of the fourth wall, one of my first memories of you, Mike, was an English class, actually. Um, and that we had met before this because this was in eighth grade. Um, but okay. uh, you had told a story about uh, watching Mad TV, which was super popular back then. And you did a scene. Yeah. Um, and I will never forget just like rolling. And I was like, this guy gets it. Like he <laughs> totally gets it. And so That's I awesome. Yeah. I, I actually like forever and always had like a, like a smart crush on you. I was like, he knows things. He's hilarious. Well, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. That's cool. I, that's funny. I, I, I take a, a bit of pride in my memory, but I always like when, when people can kind of fill in certain blanks for me. Yeah. Cause I don't, I mean, I remember loving mad TV. Um, and I just, I know that I just, was it Stuart? It was probably, it was probably Stuart. Stuart. It was yeah. probably Stuart. Yeah. 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 And I obviously just remember performing all the time, even if people didn't want us to perform. Uh, but I don't specifically remember that. So that's cool. Thank you for that, that nugget. Yeah. Well, Dustin, let's, let's talk about your background. Okay. Hi, I'm Dustin. Um, I'm a Gemini. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually... I bought uh, Alex's mother's house. I live there now, um, so we're connected forever. In that in that yeah. sense, in that sense, uh, anytime Alex comes to Old Court, Indiana, she's got a bedroom waiting for her upstairs. Um, My childhood bedroom. <laughs> it is. It is. Uh, so we had band practice in that bedroom. Yeah, we did. We had yeah. band practice in that bedroom quite a few times. Yeah. Sweat and creativity, just yeah. yeah. Uh, I guess musically, um, I started playing the piano in third grade. My grandmother uh, paid for all the the grandkids to have piano lessons, uh, and I I took three years of piano, and then I met Dave, and I did this like rock school program, where I did two semesters at it was like a mom's music thing, which is a a, a, a music store in Louisville. And they would basically take kids who played instruments and put them together. And you would pick songs, and then you'd play this big showcase at the end of it, at the end of every semester. And so I met these guys, and we played. And and it sort of exposed me to different music that I'd never heard of before. And got me playing in a collaborative setting. And I enjoyed that, and I quit the piano lessons. Because reading sheet music was boring to me. And I'd just rather create the music and collaborate. So I met Dave. Like he said. You went with a more clinical bio. I'm like, impre- I'm like oh, man, this is. Oh, am I, am, I in, am, am I intriguing you? It's awesome. Um, so then. For, I, did, I did like the kind of greatest hits, the goodest hits. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm getting there fast. I'm okay. getting there fast. All right. Worry. So then from. Um, Sorry to interrupt. <laughs> it's okay. I, you know, I didn't interrupt you, but whatever. Sorry to Mike White. Uh, <laughs> this is what I do. And you're still front doing. And center. You're still doing. That. <laughs> <laughs> um, so from that point on, for like three years after I met Dave, which you already talked about, um, we played together. Um, you know, just sort of as as a kid would start to play. You know, kids who don't have money, who don't have the instruments they want, who don't have the resources they need. We played around. The came love with, from their parents that they <laughs> came up with, um, you know, several different band names, and then ten ten whatever. Do you remember like ten ten three two one? Remember the like the reverse billing phone thing where it's like you you dial ten ten three two one and then it yeah. 
I wasn't gonna go. I wasn't gonna go that deep, but yeah, yeah. that was like our. So first, they started a band first called band Ten Ten Whatever. Whatever. Very, yeah. very inspired. Yeah, yeah, totally from commercials. Um, <laughs> so you start somewhere. From, yeah. Their next band was Was That. <laughs> no, it wasn't. No, it wasn't. No, it wasn't. No, that is not true. That is a lie. Oh, that was my band. That is a lie. Uh, so yeah, so for three years, <laughs> we played. I met him through Dave. Uh, he joined. They quit. I was alone. Boo-hoo. Um, did, did you and, just and play alone in your, in your like, garage or basement, just, like, by yourself, just like, they left? No, that's how much we didn't really play. There was no, no garage to play at. Yeah. There was literally just my bedroom. But ironically, that summer was... We were still great friends. Like, yeah, I don't yeah, think I, we... Well, I was. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I, I know, I know, I know. We're anyway, over it now. Yeah, we're over it now. Anyway, so that summer, ironically, is the first summer that we probably actually talked. We actually spoke you to and Alex, other. yeah, yeah, me and Alex, um, because we did a play together at the local community theater. We sure did. And I had I had seen you and you know knew of you before, but that was probably the first time that we actually spoke. Was uh, doing that play together. And, uh, you know, from that point on, we're just good friends. Yeah. Just good friends. Oh, bound by the hip. Yeah. I mean, you did, you did eat at our lunch table every single day. I did. I definitely mm-hmm. did. Um, we shared a lunch table for four years. We ate together. Oh my gosh. I, you crazy? know, I like the more that I, I thought about doing this show with you guys, I was like, <laughs> I, you know, we kind of hang out. And then the more that I thought about it, I was like, no, we actually like hung out. We had lunch hour together. Like. Our, our clicks were connected. Yes. You know, we, we were connected somehow. I don't, it just it happened. I don't know. Yeah. You know what we also skipped that we always tend to tell whenever anybody asks for the origin is the, is Dave's birthday party between seventh and eighth grade. We really ought, we, we ought to set the tone for like how we've been best friends for 20 years. We kind of skipped that. Yeah, Actually 19 years technically. Yeah. Uh, Cause I moved to Indiana 20 years ago this summer. Right mm-hmm. from Chicago, actually Aurora, Illinois, which is the suburb of Chicago. Excellent. Anyway, um, so it was Dave's birthday, July seventh. It would have been two thousand because it was between seventh and eighth grade. I'll trust you. And the the country boys, and I am not a country boy. Me either. Uh, were outside putting. This is sad, and I I this I hate even saying we this. don't. They were putting yeah. They were putting firecrackers in frogs' butts. And blowing that up. And like, you know, I'm like 13. And even then I'm like, "Mm, that's not cool. So I was just like, you guys be country boys. I'm going to stay in and listen to Weird Al, uh, you know, in Dave's music collection. So I put Weird Al on and started it. And uh, so his 1999 record, Running With Scissors, track one is The Saga Begins, his parody of American American Pie by Don McLean. Which is about the uh, Star Wars Phantom Menace. And Dustin jumped up and he's like, oh, you love Weird Al? And then we like laughed at every lyric like we had heard it for the first time. Well, we were time. seeing it like simultaneously. Yeah. Like, we both knew all the lyrics. Yeah. And then we just sort of explored the rest of the album. Right. Which, it's a great record. Mm-hmm. Um, and then became Best Buds. Yeah. Watched shows. Read comics. We, so we, yeah. bond, we actually bonded over music. Mm-hmm. That was our first bonding point. I am a firm believer that music is a universal language. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Like math. 
yeah, <laughs> sure. Uh, yeah, because <laughs> that's what I want to talk to you about, math. Yeah, no, I'm... <laughs> go ahead. Hey, you started the pre-algebra club, not me, so. <clears throat> no, I definitely have vivid memories of, um, so, like, I enjoyed music and, like, with my mom, just listening to my what my mom wanted to listen to in the car. That was kind of my earliest memories of music. And she was pretty cool in that, like, she appreciated contemporary music. Like, I was into Alanis when Alanis hit in, like, 95 or whatever. Um, you know, Hootie and the Blowfish was big for us. Um, basically, you know, 90s alt music was important. Um, and then, like, when Dave and I first became friends, it was listening to Smooth by Santana featuring Rob Thomas. Uh, and then when Dustin and I became friends, it was listening to Weird Al and writing music. Mm-hmm. So it's definitely... Uh, it's definitely a pretty strong connective tissue in so many of my relationships. Yeah. Uh, Dustin, you mentioned uh, along the lines after you learned how to play piano, you got tired of doing the recital stuff, and so you wanted to f- move into creating your own. Um, yeah. Talk about that transition for me a little bit. Um, honestly, I don't know even how it happened. I used to uh, practice for my grandmother since she paid for the lessons. Sometimes I'd practice. She had, this, she had this beautiful white baby grand piano in this upstairs living room with a bay window. And it, it, it played like butter. It was smooth. It was, it was just great. So I used to play for her, and I'd, I'd basically rehearse out of my, my books because, you know, you get books and you have to learn the songs and, and, and then you get to the next books and then the next books. At least that's how it was when I was learning. And I had a great music teacher. Her name was Leah Porter. And uh, she was always really supportive of me coming to her saying, OK, I want to learn this song. Like, I, I remember, uh, I don't even know how. I must have seen a TV version of Beverly Hills Cop 3 where Eddie Murphy goes to the theme park, right? And the Diddy in that movie, which is called Axel F, uh-huh. um, his character is Axel Foley, but uh-huh. it's called Axel F, and it's a dun, 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 right? So I told her, I want to learn that. And so she was super supportive, and she, like, you know, found some music for it and, you know, had me learn that. And then my sister wanted me to learn uh, My Heart Will Go On by Celine Dion when Titanic came out. And so she was like, okay. You can learn that. She was super supportive. But Did you ever have a music class with us, Alex? No. Uh, I no. took chorus like an idiot. Uh, I can't carry a tune uh-huh. in a bucket. But <laughs> I was like, easy A. I'll just stand in the back and mouth the word. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So he used to, we had eighth grade music together. And uh-huh. he used to jump on Mr. Sudarth's piano. And I would like insist that he play his greatest hits, which was My Heart Will Go On. And, oh, and All uh, or Nothing by, by O-Town. O-Town. Yeah. What? Oh yeah, man. Yeah, I used to play that one too. But that one wasn't. That was one that I just learned by ear. Like I just sort of like. Nothing and that that's kind of the direction that my that that means. No lift to fall. Do you have permission to play that song? Yeah, that... we gotta pay them. I think as long as you keep it under six seconds, we don't. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sixteen oh, seconds. Oh, keep going. Never. No, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> so it was around that time again. Like I, I you know, started. I got. Uh, really interested in collaborating. So it wasn't really about like what I wanted to play. It was about what other, other people wanted to play. But the big thing, and, and this didn't really come out until, or come about until later, uh, even all that, all through the, the three years that I played with Dave, it was all about other people's songs. Like we talked about writing songs, but we really didn't get into it. Mm-hmm. I did write a song um, with my dad when I was uh, in the third grade. 
Really? Yeah. And he actually recorded it and released it on one of his records because my dad recorded music and released albums whenever I was a kid. So it was, it was sort of something that I always admired. Um, I, he has a whole different uh, taste, a lot of different tastes than I do. But yeah. His aesthetic is uh, middle-aged old guy. I wouldn't say that. Bermuda shorts and... Uh, he did play the, the congas yeah. uh, in their performing... Uh, yeah, in their performances. But that being Beach said... Beach dad? Is yeah. that what you would call his? Yeah, you're doing that thing again. Uh, <laughs> anyway, so it wasn't until we started playing music together that we really started writing. And even before he joined the band, we had written two songs together. We did. We wrote mm-hmm. two songs together. I stayed like two days at his house, and we just like ate tons of cereal, mm-hmm. watched a lot of TV, and just r- wrote stupid, silly, fun songs. Yeah, we like I couldn't even play an instrument. Uh, and so we definitely just started with like lyrics and melodies mm-hmm. and we would go, we would just build on top and try to do harmonies. We loved singing together. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think even before like we knew, like, I think that came from our love of bare naked ladies. Oh yeah, for yeah. sure. For sure. Definitely one of the first early influences. And we wrote, uh, Batman superhero love story. Yeah. was yeah. one of the first songs we yeah. wrote. And, and some other ones that, you know, that we don't need to say those. Very sophomoric. 13 year old lyrics. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But but you got to start somewhere, right? Uh-huh. Exactly. And then write about what whenever... you love. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or what you wish you knew. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh whenever they asked me to join their band after they had left mine and started their own and mm-hmm. asked me to join, mm-hmm. there was um this sort of transitional period where, you know, when you're starting out, you kind of have to have a repertoire, right? You have to have you're the songs that you play, and when you're first starting out, you have to play the songs that people want to hear. And mm-hmm. nobody knows who you are. No one really knows if they're going to like your songs, so you have to learn other people's songs. Mm-hmm. So we learned a lot of Blink-182, a lot of Green Day, mm-hmm. um, that whole genre of, of, of poppy punk, early pop punk rock. Um, and then that sort of transitioned into us writing songs. And I remember in the beginning, it was... Very much like Dave had a song, and you had a song, and then I would have a song, um, and and it just sort of melded to where, you know, over time, we write in the room together, you mm-hmm. know, and everybody sort of writes their own instruments. Mm-hmm. And you have your bass line, your chord structure, your stripped down, your bones, and then people sort of start putting their own two bits into it, and next thing you know, you have this, this killer tune. Uh, and I, that's... So what, so what was your question? Yeah, I don't even remember. I just went on a tangent. No, I, I just love remember that. loving no, it. It's, it's yeah. actually like it's the deepest you've probably ever gotten with me talking about the band. Oh, cool. Yeah. Um I actually so one of one of my favorite favorite memories about you guys is going to the Eagles Lodge on like Saturday yeah. nights and watching you guys yeah. perform. Yeah. Um that was it was literally because in high school, I mean we could have cruised the Walmart parking lot, but instead uh, we chose yeah. to go to the Eagles Lodge and watch you guys play. Yeah. And um, the other thing that you guys did was uh, for senior day, um, what we asked you to do was play for an entire for an entire day, really. We had like a field yeah. day and you guys played. And, and I think that our class really embraced that. And, and I think that was my first memory of like, Oh man, our school really does appreciate the arts. Um, cuz mm-hmm. we and 
growing yeah. up in southern Indiana, the, you rely real heavily on on your sports teams a lot oh, of football. times. football, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, um, definitely in football uh, and definitely basketball, yeah. right, yeah. In, in Indiana. I mean, the movie's called Hoosiers. Um, but uh, some of my fondest memories really are those Eagles Lodge shows. Uh, and, and we achieved greater success in our 10 years. Um, but like my fondest memories are what's so cool about the Eagles Lodge was that it was a thing that we created. Like it was, it was the house of thank you, Jade. And we, so we would play this venue or that venue or open for this band. And we were like, man, if we threw the show, we would make all of the money. So we just thought it would be, you know, rad if we invited all the bands. Yeah. We promoted as much as possible. Uh, I think after a while we were able to promote on the radio a little bit. Um, and it was just this cool, it was this cool, um, like it happened at the right time in 2004 when our style of music was kind of the popular music on the radio. So, um, you know, kids at our school were into it. I think early on, kind of the upperclassmen didn't like us. But by the time we were doing Eagles Lodge and we were juniors, we were kind of um, like the younger kids like had a band that they could root for, right? Like they had they had a punk rock band at this school that they could say, yeah, my favorite band goes to my school. And then um, another thing that I thought was so cool was like with our class as we were juniors and seniors is um, I think our band really broke down some of those uh, like stereotype walls, right? Some of those groups is like you talk about, you know, there were the sports kids over here and then the band. But what was so cool is we would throw shows like on a Friday night, like on Everybody a basketball game. And so we would have the punk rock kids come to the show because they didn't want to go to the basketball game. But when the basketball game was over, the basketball players would come to Thank You Jade shows. Yeah. And that to me was the coolest thing is like the the real punk rock kids would stay and and they would just party for all the bands. Right. But like our friends would show up to see us play. And that's when it was just like an ultimate party. I I just, I always loved like right before, like the shows would be packed and we'd be like, yeah, this is a good show. And then before we would go on another 50 kids would show up and be like, okay, this, this just turned into something really rad. Oh, absolutely. Unfortunately, we have to take a quick break, you guys. Uh, but when we come back, I want to talk a little bit about, because um, you mentioned uh, getting your airtime on the radio and things like that and, and how putting on a live show works. Um, so it can actually stick to my boss's plan of talking about business in here. So <laughs> sure. Absolutely. absolutely. Yes. Um, but stay with us here on Connect and Collaborate. Be sure to like and subscribe our YouTube page while you're here. You can find this podcast tomorrow at com slash radio dash podcast. Be sure to check out our events page as well and sign up for our newsletter. Stay with us. KDMT Arvada. Now back to Connect and Collaborate, voice of the Colorado Business Roundtable on KDMT, Denver's Money Talk, 1690 AM. 
Welcome back to Connect and Collaborate. Once again, I'm Alex Hopkins, your on-air producer, and I'm having a fascinating conversation here with Dustin Mattingly and Mike White of As Good As It Gets, uh, which is their band that has seen several reincarnations over the years. I'm wearing an old band t-shirt. Thank you, Jade. Uh, this is Love when, it. from when I knew it. Thank you. Um, but I, I, I will get to talking more about As Good As It Gets and what you guys have going on right now. But before we do that, um, I, I have to do the business part of this. And so one of the things that you guys did uh, back in high school was that you would book shows, live shows, with uh, with several local bands that um, that were a little bit bigger, some a little smaller than you guys. You know, you ran the ran the plethora, ran the plethora, ran the gamut with that. Um, but that being said, what all went What's into that? Exactly. Um, but you guys, yeah, you put a lot into this and you, and you, you made yourselves, I, I think, uh, for me, it was really iconic in high school, right? Like oh, we had okay. a punk band that I could have called up and been like, Hey, can you play this party? And it was easily accessible to get you guys. And you, you play good music. It's not like you guys were like <laughs> bad at music. It was great. Sure, music. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I still jam out to you. I have burn Broadway burn in my car right now. That's awesome. Nice. Very yeah. cool. Very cool. <laughs> so do I, you want us to talk about like uh, how we kind of organize those shows? Yeah. Yeah. I, I will. Um, I'll be honest. Uh, a lot of the stuff that we did um, in, in high school and as far as shows, we probably wouldn't have been able to do without Mike. <laughs> he was he was the heart and soul of actually like he was the brains behind it. You know, he was as much the band manager as he was the front man. So I am going to concede to you to oh, talk a little man. bit more Thank about you. this. Thank you. That's super sweet of you to say. Uh, but um, when I think about like the band and our roles in the band, uh, I would say so. Like Zach was our drummer. He was the punk rock. He was actually punk rock. Like he had, he had things to be angry about, right? Like he was the real punk rock kid. We all kind of aspired to be him. Uh, Dave was the sound, right? Like I think he was the sound of Thank You Jade, the mm -hmm. the guitars and he cared about the sound you were the talent i mean i think our best oh, music and sound came from you and so it was always cool that they just let me who i was not that good at guitar and i could shout in key but i wasn't really a singer they like let me be in their band but my purpose is um i was really good at being in a band right i was like really good at managing disparate personalities this was kind of my role um and so thank you Thank you for saying that. Um, but I did, I, I kind of purposefully took on a managerial role uh, and was like, I was our promoter. I was our booker. I was our, uh, I mean, I was the artist. <laughs> I was our, right? I mean, I designed the t-shirts. I designed album covers. Uh, I would book up, ven I would call venues. Um, and so, yeah, to, to kind of address your question. So one of the things I'm most proud of, like I said in the last segment, uh, was our Eagles Lodge shows. And that was a result of – it was kind of honestly a financial decision. Yeah. Really it was like – so we would do this show with a band called Evil Engine Number no. 9 who were probably the most <clears throat> famous in our area kind of before we came up. And so they would host this show at a venue called the Edvac where they would have – 500 kids at the end. I mean, these shows were like blowouts, super awesome. Yeah. And so one year we played super early and then the second year we got to play like second to last. And so we're like, man, there are so many kids here. 
and they threw this show and they're making all the money from this. Um, what if we could book us? It was kind of my idea. I was like, what if we could book a, a smaller venue, get people who, you know, at our school want a place to go instead of the basketball games. Um, and we threw it ourselves. We, we pay the bands and I would book the bands. And so it became, we, we kind of had a formula. It was like, let's call evil engine. Cause they're huge in Louisville. Let's, um, invite, you know, like kids, let's like get a freshman band or whatever to yeah. open play early on and then cast our net out to, um, like semi-national acts so we so we would get bands from kind of all over the country that i would call or message uh and just say hey we we have these shows that are pretty well attended um and we obviously can pay you and we can give you a place to stay um would you would you be willing to play and you can kind of promote your album and then um Kind of one of the big things was the guys in Evil Engine had connections with WLRS and the Fox, which were the two rock radio stations we played. Uh, and so Zach and I did a couple of interviews mm-hmm. on the radio one time. Yep. A couple times. Um, and so we were just able to kind of promote through the radio as well. So we had the school, we had the radio. Uh, and I don't know that we had, I don't know that you'd like call it a business model. Um, but it was, it was like definitely in the DIY punk rock spirit yeah. of like wh- how, how big could it get if we did it all ourselves? But also a lot of successful networking. I feel like networking was key. Yeah, for sure. Like you, <laughs> you play sure. a show and, and another band would come in and they'd hear you and they'd be like, Oh, you're awesome. Yeah. We want to play a show with you. Yes. And then they set up a show and then we set up a show and everyone starts setting up shows and then calling your, your music friends. Yes. And that was a that was a big boon. We played we would play shows with promoters. So like uh, uh, big promoters in Louisville kind of do showcases or they'll do. We played that one amphitheater that one time for WLRS. Yeah. Um, and so they would kind of contact us because they knew us. But Eagles Lodge was definitely like so we would play a show with this band called East 146 and they were in LaGrange, Kentucky. And they had a venue called Twice Told there that. Uh, was almost like their home field. Yeah, it was like and, a cafe slash mm-hmm. music hall. And so they invited us to play. And I remember like the feeling of like, like we would start a song and people wouldn't be really be paying attention. And they'd be like, oh, I think these guys are kind of good, right? Yeah. And then so the bands would come and talk to us afterwards and we'd be like, hey, we we kind of have our own home base as well. In Corridan, it's the Eagles Lodge. It's like this little, like, Half of it is these old guys smoke cigars and play poker. And the other half is a dance floor, and we clear it out. We make a circle pit, and it's nuts. Uh, and so bands would would jump on. And, yeah, and it really was like you said. Um, that was, you know, I remember so many times where there'd be a promotion or a promoter or a group that say, "Okay, well here you have so many tickets, right?" And yeah. if you can sell this many tickets, every ticket you sell after that, you get to keep the money for. Yeah. Right. And that was a big thing when we were coming up mm-hmm. um, for a lot of different venues. And it was hard to sell a ticket in Corden for somebody to drive all the way <laughs> yeah. to, you know, an hour and a half, yeah. you know, to a place in Kentucky for bands that they'd never heard of or they're not interested in. Yeah. And so as far as like mu- money to finance, um, uh, you know, equipment and T-shirts 
you know, merchandising is key to making money in terms of of, yeah. of, a, of a band coming up. If you don't have T-shirts or something to sell at your shows, that's that's a whole opportunity there yeah. that you you have to take in order to finance the next project. Yeah, you know, um, we uh, it might be it's probably tacky to talk like real numbers, but uh, we we did have help recording our EP Burn Broadway Burn, the one that was on the radio and the one that you. Uh, we had financial help with that, but literally everything else we did, we we bought with Eagles Lodge money. Oh yeah, yeah. There were several shows that that we we, I mean, it cost what a hundred and fifty, maybe two hundred bucks. Yeah. After a while, he raised the prices. Yeah, cause, because cause the demand was so high. I think he was getting a whiff of yeah. the business. And, <laughs> yeah. And, you know. yeah, yeah. Um, but so like we we do that, and it was a, a whole day thing. Like you'd go. Early in the morning, mm-hmm. you get the key the night before. You go early in the morning. Mm-hmm. Tables were set up, chairs were set up. We had to take everything down. We bring our friends, oh, yeah. so we would have uh, our muscle, right? Yeah. And we would have John and Ross come, and they would tear down tables. And they and... would do it just out of the just the kindness uh-huh. of their hearts, you know, just being there to be with us, to be uh-huh. a part of it, which mm-hmm. was just made it that much mm-hmm. more special. And we'd clear it out. We'd build a backstage with tables. You know, we'd stack up these yeah. tables, and that's where everyone would like take their equipment and they'd put it back there so that we could move everything out. We play music so people could hang out before uh-huh. the show. One or two of us would kind of greet the bands, right? Yeah. I remember when we we did that label showcase yeah. uh, for Turnpike. Turnpike, yeah, based label. out of Arizona yeah, at the time. Yeah. I don't think and they're they around came anymore. To t- no, they're not. <laughs> they came to town and you uh, treated them to Taco Bell. So yeah, that was, definitely, that was definitely a financial boon for us was the Eagles Lodge. Um, like I said, we we kind of played bigger uh, and and um, more important shows. I don't know, maybe yeah. not more important, but more rock and roll shows. Um, but I man, I loved the idea that we had this DIY spirit, yeah, this cool counterculture place where everybody could go. Um, and then uh, we made a lot of money from it too. Yeah, and cool. and the whole point too of of like making the money, we were never. The, the the goal was always to, you know, hopefully get signed, hopefully yeah. have somebody paying for us to tour and yeah. then we could sell our stuff uh, on the road. But the the it was always the the band fund would always be directed towards the next thing that we might want to do. Like mm-hmm. we'd make more shirts and then we'd take those shirts and help finance some recording time. And yeah, and we bought recording, recording time, time. We bought um Printing we the, bought, the CDs. We like, printed CDs. We were able to buy um, studio monitors mm-hmm. for us. New PA um, head, like was, microphones, yeah, stands. Yeah. So I mean, a lot of that stuff. What about this concept, a little bit of spending money to make money? I, I think most small businesses start out this way, right? You have to mm-hmm. have a little yeah. bit of av- revenue to start yeah. with before you can make sure. More. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. We, um, gosh, that's a great question. Like, what was our first? It had to be like <laughs> a combination of like our allowance yeah. and probably the money we made from the first No Fit single. Yeah, the first No Fit single probably would have had to been, which was an Advex show, mm-hmm. uh, would have been the first thing that really started making us any sort of cash. So I think the first studio. Okay, so we recorded a single. The song was called Wrong With Me um, when we were no fit. This was in our first year. And it had a B-side called Maureen. It's a terrible song. Anyway, um, and we used literally like our allowance. We didn't even have – it was freshman year, maybe beginning of sophomore year. So like we didn't have jobs. 
uh, Dave and Zach were the only ones who had their license. So it was like, I have $40 in my allowance. You know, Dustin has $60 of birthday money saved up. Yep. Let's just buy a day of recording time and then sell uh, uh, our single. And we so, we, so there was a guy in town who opened up a skate shop in Corydon. I don't, do you remember that at all? I, like barely. Yeah. It was yeah. Well, open it long. was barely there. Yeah. yeah. It was barely a skate it was, shop. It was blink and you miss it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Just this hole in the wall and we would go and he was really a super cool guy for letting us just kind of hang out, you know, like he played a single skater in the shop. kids would do. And so he would have the single playing when customers yeah. would walk in and he would sell singles for us um, when we weren't there. So that was pretty cool. And then we, so then we would take, the money from the singles and parlay it into other recording time. Yeah. And then uh, obviously just playing bigger. They gave us a cut of every Edvac show. Yep. Yeah. Nice. So yeah, spending money. I think the money we spent was allowance initially at first. And then, we, and then all just, then, then everything just was the band money. fund. Yeah. Uh, I want to reiterate to our audience here that you guys, you guys were like 14, 15, 16 years old doing this. Yeah. This, this we were was, kids. Yeah. Um, so this was more than a lemonade stand. Um, and it was, uh, it shows <laughs> yeah, your integrity, which is really awesome. Um, Mike, you are in the education field. You have students. Mm -hmm. uh, do you ever have any of those students ask you about your days doing this? Do you even mention it? I, I guess I should ask that first. Um, I do. I definitely do. And I talk a lot about, um, kind of promoting a counterculture spirit. So that that's kind of, when I talk about the band, I talk about, um, finding, finding ways to be comfortable in being different. Um, and you know, a lot of music for me was because I, I felt like a weird city kid in the country. And so I just needed a way to find out who I was and be there. And so the band was that for me. And so that's why I talk about the band with the kids. Um, and not to be like a like a stuffy old, oh, I'm back in my day. Um, <laughs> but there's not that there aren't very entrepreneurial. There's not a very entrepreneurial perspective when it comes to kids making music today. And that has to do with SoundCloud, right? So – there, I've done a lot of studying of like um, how the, like the evolution of emo music. Like we call ourselves a pop punk band, but I think if you looked back, you you would say we were an emo band who yeah. came from the especially, emo era. Especially if you read some of our lyrics. Yeah, right. <laughs> and so there's this new like emo rap movement, right? Like I, I um, like Post Malone started on SoundCloud. And I think everybody would just say Post Malone is rap. But his sensibilities of like, I want to add emotion and a little bit of music and I'm kind of angsty. He is kind of like an emo rap. Uh, Travis Scott is kind of like an emo rap. There's a lot of like white guy emo rap and whatever. Um, and so they are able to just upload that stuff for free on SoundCloud. And that, that kind of gets to be how they're found. Um, and so what was so great about being in a punk band early on is that you didn't have to be good. All you had to know was a couple of chords on guitar and have a basement to practice and some instruments. Now you don't even need that. You just need a computer and a microphone. Yeah. Um, so they put their stuff on SoundCloud and I don't, I mean, I'm always telling my kids, like even even like the super talented kids, I'm like, 
make a band, learn how to play with other people. That, yeah. That's so essential. Yeah. And there's so many great, great singers who will like do a song on their phone and post it to YouTube. And that's awesome. But you can make money. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, so I, I want to get into as good as it gets. So we, we've we've yeah. talked about segment 65, as I was so lovingly corrected. Um, oh. No fit. And then thank you, Jade, uh, which, again, was your band for 10 years. That was, yeah. I was and you guys had a great run. Um, but now it's it's you guys and you are as good as it gets. So tell me all about that. And um, what brought you back together? Obviously, you've been friends for 20 years, but. Uh, and music will never leave your lives at this point, obviously. Um, but tell me more about the band. I've talked a lot. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so after um, we played our last show as Thank You, Jade, uh, it was sort of like a anniversary, it was a 10-year anniversary slash reunion sort of show. And we played that show. And I remember like leading up to it, uh, Zach played with us, which he, he had quit earlier in our in our run and we and we got another drummer andrew um it was fantastic but zach was the one who sort of initiated with mike getting together and that evolved into the the show which is why he was there with us and he started talking i remember about like going on tour and all this other stuff and i was actually starting school that following spring um and next thing we know he's just sort of disappeared uh which happens yeah uh so we, you know, had this hope. We, you know, we had written new songs and we had gotten the the taste again because we hadn't played with each other for a while. And not to say that, you know, obviously I had written songs and he had written songs and we always like sort of contact each other and send stuff back and forth just to say, hey, listen to this, listen to this. Yeah, that never stopped. Yeah, that never stopped. Um, and so we got together and then we, we wrote a song because we were like, oh, OK, we'll, we'll write a song together. And. And that just felt right again. Uh, and so we got to this this point where the, the show was over, the drummer disappeared. And, and uh, you know, skirt. The I idea, the kids say. yeah, the idea of a reunion was now out the window. And so we just sort of like drifted for a little bit. And but we kept thinking about, you know, we wrote that song. That was pretty good. And mm -hmm. so then we just talked. Well, let's just let's just write. Let's just write for writing's sake. Let's just keep going, which we were doing on our own anyway. But we were, we were like, okay, let's make an effort to just write together. And so we started doing that. And, you know, he lives here in Evansville, and I still live back in, in Corden, um, which isn't that far away. It's only like an hour and a half. Mm -hmm. But when you're talking about, you know, playing, uh, what, four nights a week, <laughs> you know, with each other yeah. for years and years and years, it feels uh, just an unfathomable distance. Um, so... We started making that an effort, and I, I don't know who said what first in terms of let's just record, yeah. but that sort of became the next uh, uh, the next phase. It was like, okay, well, we're at a different age. We really don't have the free time. He was going to get his master's, and you know he was busy, and I was in school. I was busy. We both have jobs. So it became about still keeping music in our lives and with each other um, because we just – I don't know about it. I know about him, but I'm not going to speak for him. I, I need I need an outlet. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I, I play my piano every single day, mm -hmm. even if it's just for five minutes, if I just sit down and, and, and hash out some chords. And I never really particularly pick something to play. You know, I'll just like improvise, just make something up or I'll play a song or, you know. Uh, so the goal then was just to, to keep 
playing, writing, and recording. And mm. although there is no better high than playing a show, there is nothing to this day. I love my wife, and I don't mean to like say that getting married and being with her isn't the best thing in my. It is, but in terms of like an experience, a moment, right? Being on a stage, sweating, performing the music that you wrote to a crowd that's singing back at you. Yeah. To this day, yeah, I, a bunch of sixteen-year-olds knew the words to our songs. That's yeah. wild. It's just, it's, it's such a great feeling. That sort of became the next, the next phase. We were like, okay, let's write, let's record, and then let's release. And it became one of those things too. Well, since we weren't really worrying about performing, we weren't really, really worrying about, you know, cultivating a following like mm-hmm. we were when we were younger. Mm-hmm. It, 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 it went back to music for the sake of music, yeah. right? For, for the sake of having that creative outlet. Um, so, you know, we released our first EP for free on, on Bandcamp mm-hmm. and uh, and then the second one, free on Bandcamp. Mm-hmm. And, uh, um, you know, it's it's just about putting the music out there. You know, we're not as, not to say that, you know, if you want to give us your money, we'll take it. Um, but <laughs> that's not that's not the point of it, you know. Yeah. And again, we, we do have, we have a, 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 a band fund, but it's not very big and that all that stuff goes right back into mm-hmm. what we're going to do next. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, he's my favorite musician uh, and he's my favorite. Musician. And I've always yes. said that. And so, you know, there have been times where <laughs> like there's been, there've been a couple times where I'm like, I think I'm going to go solo. I think I'm going to do, I think, I think I'm just going to write my own stuff and play out and I'll, and I'll do a song and I'll get to the end. I'm like, yeah, I got a song. And I was like, I have played for Dustin. <laughs> like you're literally the first person that I want to hear a song that I finished first. And then I'm just like, okay, well, what are your ideas? And he just always makes it better. So I, that's just always the case. And I, and I, and so we just always send music back and forth. Um, and so as good as it gets, even the name of the band is, is pretty tongue in cheek. We're like, we're just going to make music this is about as good as it's going to get from us. If you dig it, that's cool. Um, so it's like, we would always write, we will always play. We will always record songs because it's like, I want to record a song that like makes him laugh or like he thinks a certain riff is cool or a certain lyric speaks to him. Always trying to impress each other. Right. Exactly. Um, and then, you know, they turn out and they're good. We know, people used to like it so uh we just throw it out there and say hey if you guys like this awesome yeah uh i actually have had a chance to listen to a few of those songs and they are pretty amazing they're a little nostalgic for me um but i like that it 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 still feels new um you still have that nice new vibe that you've got going on there um so I got to ask you guys, where can we find you? Are you on Twitter? Are you on, you're on Bandcamp. I know that. What? Where can people find more, buy more if they want to? Sure. I think that the, the easiest thing uh, is our record that came out last June. Uh, it's called Pastiche. And it's, you can stream it anywhere you listen to your music. It's on, uh, it's on Google. It's on Amazon. It's on iTunes. It's on Spotify. I listen to it on Spotify. Uh, so that is probably the most present and readily available. Again, the band is As Good As It Gets. The record is Pastiche. Uh, and I like Spotify. I don't know what you guys listen to, but... 
Spotify is pretty good. Um, other than that, we have a Facebook as good as it gets. We yep. have a Twitter as good as it gets. Um, just kind of all the places you can find places. Um, all the places you can find all the places, fa- places you can find uh, the places you want to be. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's where you'll end up. Yeah. Is where you want to end up at Cheers. We did um, kind of, I think, one of the easiest ways uh, for us to post music, <clears throat> like the quickest way to get new music from us um, is bandcamp.com. Uh, and then search for as good as it gets. That's where that's where we have a lot of our back stuff. And actually, just recently, uh, Bandcamp.com. If you search "Thank You Jade," which was that ten-year band, see Alex's shirt. Uh, we I just recently posted everything, everything we ever did. I posted it on Thank You Jade. Um, I, a band we used to play with posted all of their complete works and called it like the boxed set, which I thought was kind of a cool idea. Uh, and I just, you know, even we haven't played as a, as thank you, Jade and shoot, man, nine years, something like that. Mm-hmm. Eight years. Uh, I still like every couple of months. Hey, do you know, do you know where I can get ex-girlfriends? Do you know where I can get burn, 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 whatever record? Uh, and so I just, I wanted a place for them to find all that stuff. Awesome. I love that you so. guys did that. And, um, gosh, this I, it went too quickly, so I do have to end here. But um, thank you so much for joining me, you guys. This was such a pleasure. It was a real treat for me getting to hear more about you and find out uh, facts about your band that I didn't know before. Um, but uh, last minute, last thoughts. Um, what? Any advice for anyone that wants to start a band? Oh, you go first. Yeah. Um, Quick though. I would say start a band, find some friends and play with other people. I, I, I think if you if you want to be a real musician, uh, if it's something you're passionate about, if you want to do it in front of people or write songs, uh, learn how to play with other people. Find a drummer and learn how to play with other people. There's nothing more valuable than that. Also network. Uh, when you're playing shows, go talk to the other musicians, uh, even if they're not in your band. Go talk to them. And, and if you liked them, if you liked them even just a little bit, you know, it's worth it to communicate. Even if they're not the genre that you typically, you know, play with or like to listen to, reach out. Um, I feel like other bands and other musicians are the best resource for people who are trying to play and play shows mm-hmm. and, and be in a band. Awesome. Thank you guys so much. Again, you are going to go to bandcamp.com. You're going to type in as good as it gets their latest album as pastiche. Uh, You can also find Thank You Jade on there if you're curious about their roots. Um, Mike, Dustin, thank you so much. It's been lovely.